What's going on, guys? Welcome on to Chasing Points. Yes, we are here, and we're here to help you out, help you out a little bit on a little bit of recap, because not everybody knows, not everybody knows exactly what happened this week. So, of course, we're going to run through, we're going to talk about a couple different games, a couple different fantasy scores, you know, who dominated this week, who really stunk up your fantasy teams, give you a little bit of a recap. I'm joined by, of course, Thomas. What's going on, Thomas? How you doing? I'm good now. The Ravens sealing up that dub, so everything is all is good in the world. Man, that was awesome. The dub was, of course, amazing. But even better so was that record that they just set, what is it, mm-hmm. 43 straight games of 100-plus 100, 100 yards rushing. Uh, it's now tied for the record. They, uh, the brought their off- Steelers. they brought their offense back out to deliberately yep. run the play to get it, uh, and it was fantastic. And Fangio was not happy. <laughs> well, I mean, when you have a record on the table, you got to take advantage of that. You got to do it. You it's similar to like the Alvin Kamara game from last season, you know? Yeah, you got to go for that record. Yeah, but, but now- Peyton, Peyton tried to to cap Kamara by putting Taysom Hill in, and then I was pretty sure that Kamara threatened him if they got the ball back and they put Hill back in. But I think Taysom Hill tried to keep the record away from him. <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. No, of course, it was last year. But no, we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about, you know, some of the breakdowns and – I'm going to go ahead and start it out with probably, you know, one of the best performances of the weekend. Man, we had Brian or Matt Ryan, who has struggled mm-hmm. so far this year, went up against the Washington football team, who has been absolutely atrocious on defense. And he goes out there and puts up 37 fantasy points at the quarterback position, uh, 25 to 42, 283, but more impressively, the four touchdowns only surpassed by Patrick Mahomes. So is Matt Ryan somebody that you think you can trust moving forward? Or is it something where the Washington defense, it's just like you got to play your quarterbacks up against Washington now? I don't even think it had anything to do with the Washington football team at all. I think it just happened to do with Cordero Patterson just decided that he was going to do amazing things. Matt Ryan had the worst looking, like top three quarterback day I've, I might have ever have seen. It was, it looked bad all the way around bad. He just happened to hit Patterson wide open a couple of times. So you're probably starting all your players against the Washington football team anyway at this point, but I still don't trust Matt Ryan. Not not at all. Like Ridley was almost non-existent, right? Uh, Pitts had the targets but was almost non-existent. Now I don't trust this offense at all. Well, I mean, they do have the Jets next week, so I think that's something as to where you can still roll them out, hope for success. Uh, He's had now three consecutive weeks of 20-plus fantasy points. So if he ends up somehow making it out to your waiver wires because he did, you know, put out subpar performances, I think he's worth grabbing up there for the Jets. Uh, Obviously, at QB 26, it's a little bit nerve-wracking, but up against the Jets, I'll take it if you're streaming quarterbacks. Give me Heineke instead. Oh, man. Off the waiver wire. Tay-Tay. Tay-Tay. Well, Heineke had a good week himself. Uh, Didn't put up those kind of fantasy points, of course, but he still was up there at 34 uh, he ended up having 43 rushing yards along with 290 yards and three touchdowns. So that's something that we want to see from the quarterback position on a regular basis. I don't know that Heineke is going to be this relevant every single week, but if the Washington defense keeps sucking like they have, I don't see why Heineke shouldn't actually be a target, not only for like redraft leagues, but you know, for dynasty leagues, right? I mean, he's probably relatively cheap. You have Ryan Fitzpatrick who could come back, but if Heineke keeps, keeps on pulling out wins like these, I mean, where you're having closed contests, and he can actually get off to a good start for the beginning of the games. We could be talking about a possible dynasty asset, not just this year, but next year, possibly the year after that, if he continues to perform well. So is Heineke somebody that you feel like you could target or you know start confidently from week to week? Yeah, Superflex Leagues, absolutely. Uh, look, if you were excited about what Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to do for the Washington football team, Heineke's giving you that and more than what I think Fitzpatrick could have, because he can move around when he's getting chased around, where Fitzpatrick was kind of a pylon, even though he led the Dolphins in rushing yards at one point. I I, I love Heineke in, in super flex leagues. I love him. He's perfect. He's exactly what you're looking for. Hopefully in startups, you picked him up in the 25th round. Yeah, play him 100%. We'll talk about another NFC East team, right? We had the Eagles today. And Jalen Hurts, massive game, uh, absolutely insane game, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's something that's where, like we talked about it on the the starter sit show that we have, you know, to to kick off your Wednesday. Or, I'm sorry, your Sunday mornings at 11:30. Uh, 
we talked about how you have a right way of doing things and a way that you can actually beat opposing teams. And then you have the way that coaches <laughs> approach the games and it leaves you scratching your head. Mm -hmm. This situation was like, Hey, you need to sit there. You need to run miles Sanders. You need to get the ball in his hands. Like this is a way that you can actually keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes hands. So he's not putting five touchdowns up against you. And then all of a sudden Hertz goes out there and just chucks the ball all over the field. Uh, you know, it was something as to where like, yeah, they had garbage time, but why is Miles Sanders not getting involved in this offense? I mean, Kenny Gainwell was getting utilized. Miles Sanders, yeah, he's had struggles with drops last year, but I mean, he's one of the best players on this offense when he has the ball in his hands. Why are they not getting the ball in his hands? I just think that Miles Sanders is is not what we want him to be. I think I think we've seen enough of him in his career at this point to realize he's not going to get the passing down work. This is two coaching staffs, right, that are kind of avoiding him. And Jalen Hurts is a fine quarterback, but not targeting him. And and it just and he's not having the the big explosive plays, Miles Sanders, at this point. So I think at this point, he's he's out for me. I don't want to play him. I can't really explain it, but uh, man, he's moving into bench territory at this point. Honestly, Dude, I can't bench him yet, man. This is so tough. This is so tough for me because I love seven Miles carries, Sanders. seven carries for thirteen yards, three receptions on three targets for thirty-four yards. That's well, I... that's benchable. Like his his whole okay week one, week one, fifteen carries, seventy-four yards, five targets, four receptions, thirty-nine yards, still no touchdowns. Well, he still has no touchdowns on the year. And his attempts went 13 to 7, and his targets went 2, 4, and 3. I don't want any part of Miles Sanders until if and or when he turns it around. I hate to say this because I took a big uh, dump on Kenny Gainwell the whole process, but he looks like the better play week to week, personally. But we're seeing actual, like, you know, efficiency from Miles Sanders. Sure, he had a little bit of a tough run this week, only having. Uh, seven attempts for for only 13 yards but I mean his yards per carry 4.93 4.23 sure and then this week although he didn't get the the rushing attempts I mean the the efficiency in the rushing game he saw the efficiency in the passing game hauling in you know 11.33 yards per attempt in, in terms of uh you know the receiving game so uh, dude, like he's still showing major levels of efficiency, and he was last year sure, too. Efficiency doesn't mean anything if you don't get the work. It doesn't matter. I mean, the no. only thing efficiency matters if you're not getting the work is if you score, and he's not doing that either. He's not yep. even being put in in the situations to do so. Kenny Gainwell is. So if he doesn't have the trust and he's healthy, there's no like reason that he's not physically able to do this. They're just not doing it with him. It's, it's full blown feels like 50, 50. And I sure he's efficient. Fantastic. I don't care. I think I just don't want any part of him. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the other side of the ball for this with Tyreek Hill. And then we're going to move on to another oh. NFC East team real quick. Tyreek oh. Hill had a monster, monster, Rip. monster game. Rip to anyone playing him this week. See ya. Yeah. You got nothing. Like you're done at this point. And that's just it. And Kelsey, I know people, I saw a lot of tilt on the Kelsey uh, threshold. Don't it, it. Everyone has a bad game. Just, just don't worry. He's not lost it. 48 points, 11 receptions on 12 targets, 186 yards and three touchdowns. Dumb. Tyreek Hill tore it up this week. So let's go ahead and let's stick with the NFC East. I want to talk about one more team with Dallas over there and Ezekiel Elliott, who actually looked like a champ. Got you 20 fantasy points and ended up getting you in the end zone. This is what his second or third game where he's had over 100 rushing yards. I think it's second in a row. Oh, nope. He actually, so this is his third game with over 100 total yards. Mm -hmm. 71 rushing yards in week two with 26. Actually, I guess he fell short of that. But yeah, he's right there at 100 yards rushing for that one. I mean, 100 total purpose yards for that one. And then week three with Philly. Uh, he ended up having 95 rushing yards, 21 receiving yards. Uh, you know, he's had four touchdowns over the last three games. And, I mean, he's coming on strong. He has the Giants. He has New England. Both those teams you can run on to an extent. Minnesota. Minnesota after the bye week. Atlanta following Denver. I mean, sure, you have, let's see, you got Denver, which is tough to run on to an extent. Mm -hmm. And you have 
I don't really see anybody else in New Orleans. I mean, but his schedule is sexy. And he's winning people. Like, this could be that guy who everybody doubted, who everybody thought, you know, was was gone, who Tony Pollard was taking his job, and now he's coming out and crushing it. Are you on Ezekiel, Elliott? What are your thoughts? No, I'm still not. He had one target. I don't, I, like, I don't, I don't care. At this point, he's, he needs the touchdowns to be that big winner. I, I, I'm still like, he's not someone I'm going to go after in trades. If you have him, you're, you're happy, but it's, it's not going to be as pretty. I mean, Pollard still had 10 carries for 67 yards in this game. Any week can be a Pollard week. It's just going to come down to who scores. I, I, I'm, I'm happy for Zeke that he's, he's doing well and that people are happy. I'm still out. You know what this Cowboys offense does though, right? Hmm. It scores, it scores points. So you're going to have plenty of opportunities. I love Zeke yep. moving forward. I think that yep. Zeke's a, a monster play. I think he's a fine uh, redraft asset. I'm still trying to trade him if I got him uh, in Dynasty 100%. Well, let's go ahead and move on to Cordell Patterson, who is on another team that's been scoring points, putting him up there for the most part. You, you know, Landis... someone, and his oh, name you... is Sam Darnold. Oh, oh you want to go to Sam Darnold? Okay, I do want to go to Sam Darnold. Look, four touchdown league. You're pretty, pretty standard uh, type league here. Uh, Sam Darnold, top quarterback option this week. 31.54 points and four touchdown uh, passing leagues. Pretty standard scoring. Uh, 301 yards. Yeah, he had the two picks. One of them was an unbelievable play. Unbelievable play by Diggs. So whatever. Only, I believe it was the 22nd game with the quarterback having 300 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Sam Darnold is a weekly play at this point. McCaffrey or not. So take that to the bank. <laughs> they do have, a, what is it, Philly next week, which is, uh, they've shown they have a struggling defense. Minnesota after that. The Giants after that. Yeah, the schedule's nice. Atlanta. Until New England week games. nine. I don't want to so sexy games. Don't play him in, in, in New England because he might see ghosts again. He just might have a PTSD thing uh that, that may be bad. But after that, Arizona, Washington, Miami, bye week, Atlanta, Buffalo. Then the, the playoffs are not great. But I mean he'll get you there. <laughs> the he will get you there. <laughs> I like I was telling you before the show, he's somebody that I went and acquired a lot of this uh, yeah. you know, this past off season. And he's paying off. And so if you have him, congratulations. You probably can't get him now. And if you can, then you're probably going to have to overpay for him. So I'm uh, I'm somebody that likes Arnold. I like the schedule. You know, if I have him, great. But I'm not going to go out and try and acquire him just because the asking price is going to be way, way, way too high uh, in most leagues, especially dynasty leagues. So I, I don't know what Thomas just saw. He might have seen ghosts. But let's go ahead and, and bounce over to the NFC South. Oh, just it's not a tear for Montgomery. That's all I care about. I hadn't seen that yet. <laughs> Looks like they're they're calling um hyperextension. Yep, so, it happened in a couple weeks. Yeah, happened uh, in he the fourth was quarter. Balling too. Yes, he was. I had Montgomery's very strong play this week. All right, so we have Cordell Patterson. <laughs> I hate it. Don't even laugh because you know I hated it. That was my most hated take of the entire weekend. Was I liked Montgomery? Most people want to gloat about having like a real like strong call like that. Chase is like Montgomery. I'm gonna get out of here. Yep, I hate my life. Uh, now, Hard no. I, I knew that he was going to have a good week, but I don't want to. I don't want anybody to know that I actually supported him this week. All right, so we had Cordell Patterson, who had five receptions on six targets, eighty-two yards, three touchdowns. Absolutely insane week up against Washington football team. You know, is this something where Cordell Patterson is now a must start every single week? Has to be. He has to be. Uh, I mean, the, Mike Davis is not it, and Patterson is is playing well right now. I mean, you got to ride the, the hot play at the flex spots. Like how many injuries we have, how many questions today do we have where the players were just a, a big abysmal mess. Right. And, and you have Patterson who's just playing well. He's not going to have five touchdowns right back. Like he's not going to have average like two plus touchdowns a week. It's not going to happen, but the targets are there. The big play is always there. He's got to be a must start 20 targets over the past three weeks. That's ridiculous. Insane. For the running back position, that's somebody that I definitely He's... want on my roster. And check this out. So week two, or we'll start out with week one. Week one and week two, 33% of the snaps. He's week the three, 42%. Love it, man. That's insane. Absolutely love it. I'm somebody that's a big, big supporter of Cordero Patterson moving forward. 
I mean, we see the Jets should be a smash play. Uh, Miami should be a smash play. Carolina should be a pretty damn good play. I mean, we're gonna see we're gonna see these guys actually produce at a high end level when it comes to Cordell Patterson uh, moving forward for a good amount of time. All right, yeah, let's go ahead and bring up Debo real quick while we're here talking about receptions and guys. I just want to talk about. I just want to mention before you get on Debo, just the top twelve receivers this week and how much of a crapshoot it was overall. So standard PPR scoring, like not the big bonuses and whatever else. Hill, Samuel, Patterson, DJ Moore, McLaurin, Deontay, Randall Cobb, Corey Davis, Van Jefferson, Tyler Boyd, Justin Jefferson, Khalif Raymond. That's your top 12 so far uh, from the one I'm looking at right here. That's yep. an absolute crapshoot. So Corey Davis week, just man, that to revenge mention, game. He did say that was a nice touchdown catch. I'll give him that. Yep, He uh, he definitely lit it up. But let's go ahead that and start out with Debo real quick. Debo, right? The running back for the San Francisco 49ers was actually involved in the passing game this week. Uh, 12 targets, eight receptions, 156 yards, two touchdowns, man. Uh, he was just getting every opportunity in the world. He was left completely wide open on a wheel route where he took it to the house. I think it was like a 70 or so yard catch. I'm got to look that back up. But I mean, he was a machine. He was a primary. He was target. almost missed on that throw. Yeah. You know, he was they a- almost missed him. He was a primary target, though, for Trey Lance, who might end up being the quarterback moving forward. You know, as long as Trey Lance is the quarterback over there, I think that Debo Samuel, and by the way, Debo was still great with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not taking anything away from that. But we're going to have Trey Lance looking close line of scrimmage, looking for guys that are open. You know, it's something as to where he's very reactionary, and he showed that this past game instead of anticipatory. So... I'm really looking at Debo Samuel as a guy who can actually create space and could be a target magnet moving forward from Trey Lance. Every time that Trey Lance was in trouble, he targeted Debo Samuel. Is is Debo Samuel like a top five wide receiver for you moving forward? No, but I was wrong uh, about Debo. Uh, like I immediately was putting him down as like the third option, right on the offense. Like I didn't think he was going to be it. I don't think. People will say that they knew this was going to happen. No, you didn't. You had a feeling that he was a good player, but this is ridiculous. What he's doing is just un it, it, completely, to me, out of nowhere, given his usage on that team. And now he's the deep threat. He's the everything guy. And he's healthy. He looks great. I'm happy for him. Wrong about him. Top five. No, I think he'll come back uh, down to earth a little bit. He's, he's in the, there right he's now. In that, He's in that Mike Williams conversation with me, right? Where we're super happy Ooh. and ecstatic, but we don't think that he, like, I don't think either of those two guys are season long top 12. Like I wouldn't put, I wouldn't call them top 12 rest of season. I, if, as long as Debo can stay uh, healthy, like I am 100% in on Debo Samuel. I don't care if it's dynasty. I don't care if it's redraft. You might be able to get somebody to release him at his all time. Like, well, not his all time lowest price, but the lowest price that he might be at. For the whole rest of the season right now, because they're just trying to sell high, quote unquote. And honestly, I would probably pay that high price because I don't think we're done seeing the end of Debo Samuel's blow up weeks. And any week that we're going to see the 49ers have a competitive matchup, I think it's going to end up smashing because nobody really has had to deal with a player like this on a regular basis. Well, I mean, we he, talk about a bowling ball of a player. This guy's like a, you know, another version of, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, Washington football team running back. Uh, I just had a humongous brain fart. Anyways, he's somebody that is like a bowling ball type player that is going to knock people over, that's going to break tackles. He's going to create space on top of that. So I love Debo Samuel moving forward. He's one of my top targets. Yeah, like he's, again, part of it too is is Kittle not producing, right? But Kittle still had, uh, what, 11 targets today. So you got to think if Kittle makes some of those plays, it changes things, right? There's always... There's always things like when Debo's getting his targets, he's capitalizing, but you got to wonder eventually Kittle's probably got to take back that primary role on that team. I would got to yeah. think. I mean, he did not look great today. Uh, when you, he was running his routes. Well, he was he, still was, hurt. Yeah, he was dealing with the calf injury throughout yeah. the whole entire thing. And so, yes, once he returns to his full health, sure. But it's still something I swear, like if Debo keeps creating – these opportunities, I just don't know how anybody can stop it. I mean, Shanahan's mm. calling a hell of a game. Well, I mean, having him covered would be a good way to stop it. Not like that touchdown. Like, maybe just, like, having somebody next to him might help. 
Well, let's talk about somebody else. Coaching 101 there a little bit. Created a ton of space on this one just diving catch, probably the catch of the year if I had to say so myself. Marquise Brown. Yeah. Marquise Brown went out there, did his thing, four receptions on five targets for 91 yards and a touchdown, and probably the sickest catch of the entire weekend. Uh, Just laid completely out parallel to the ground. And after having, what, three touchdown drops last week and breaking my heart, he comes back this week strong and wins it over. I mean, we're talking about boom box outside of a, you know, window type, like, (laughs) oh, my God, I'm back here for you, and I fell in love. So when it comes to Marquise Brown, he everybody considers him a boom or bust type player where he's like, oh, this is the perfect player for best ball. I don't think that's the case. I think that he's a weekly start. I mean, we're looking at 19.4 points, 23.3, 8.3, which is a little bit off, but he would have had <laughs> I don't want to talk about 38 that. fantasy points if he did catch the straight. Obviously, you can't say, hey, if he didn't drop it, because he did. He did drop it. So, I mean, if that's the case, so 8.3 fantasy points, okay, that didn't lose your, your week. But then 19.1 again this week. I mean, the dude's like balling out. He's what? Wide receiver 16 in PPR so far this season, and he'd be even bigger than that. But, I mean, he's not giving you those, those weeks where he's giving you like 35 fantasy points, although he could have. He's not giving you those weeks. So, honestly, I just think he's a very solid start with the high floor. I mean, Lamar Jackson is throwing it, and he's giving his players opportunity to go make plays. I love Marquise Brown, man. How are you feeling? I feel good now. I'm going to feel a lot worse when Bateman comes on, uh, personally. I think man. Bateman's, Bateman's going to end up taking over as the one. I thoroughly I, that. I do. I Marquise do. Brown all the way. Mar- Marquise Brown is going to continue to be like that deep threat, but these short routes that they're running with him, it's I, that's going to be Bateman. Uh, he's really not getting do. too many short routes. I mean, he only had five targets. Well, look at his previous games, right? Like, if you look at his longest plays, like he's he's actually not catching a ton of deep balls. He dropped most of them, but his his plays have been intermediate, right? A little bit on the outside, a little bit short. His average depth of the target is like one of the highest in the NFL. Well, Lamar, so far Lamar, Lamar Jackson's yards per completion is insane too. But uh, just overall, like they don't throw it short, really. But what I mean by that is his intermediate, his those quick outs that he turns up, right, and and the the deep ins that he turns up, etc. Even today, it, I think those are Bateman's balls, and I think that deep ball that's going to be his. Those other ones are going to be Bateman's. Man, I'm loving Marquise Brown moving forward. That's I don't what they, his... they drafted him for. They didn't draft Bateman to be a deep threat. No, no, but he he'll can just take be. over for like what we saw from James Prochet, right? And Devin Duvernay and Sammy Watkins. Those guys are gonna get their, their targets hurt. Not Marquise Brown, man. He's still gonna see five, six, seven, eight targets a game and the okay. occasional blow up game with like ten. So if Holly hold on. So if Hollywood Brown's seeing eight targets a game still, seven targets a game still, let's say Bateman's gonna get six. Watkins is going to get five. Andrews is going to get what? Five to eight. Were you saying Marquis, uh, Marquis Jackson, Jesus, uh, Lamar Jackson is going to throw the ball 30 to 35 times a game. I don't I, see that happening. What's he sitting at right now? Not that <laughs> he's got to be up there though. So, but I, I see 25 to 30. No problem. Like, I think that's going to be, uh, I mean, their, de- easy. their defense has been bad, but I don't, I just, I can't see that. Dude, it's it, okay. It's something as to where Lamar Jackson is obviously trusting oh, his arm a little 30, bit more this year. He is year. over 30 attempts a game. Yeah, he's he's sitting at 30, 26, 31, 37 this past week. So they're still bottom, they're still like bottom seven in the league. Yeah, I mean, 30 attempts isn't a lot, but he could easily hit 30 attempts. I think last year he was still hitting 30 attempts per game um, towards the tail end of the season. Or I'm sorry, it was in the beginning of the season that he was hitting that. But yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm still. I just. I just believe Bateman's a better player. So for me, I, I'm not going to bet on on Hollywood Brown maintaining this, like fringe wide receiver one thing that he's doing. I mean, I love to see it. You know, I do. Ravens all day. Ravens till I die. Doesn't sound like it. All right. Let's but also go keep ahead. in mind. Even, even keep in mind, right? This is his second career 300 yard passing game. He only ran the ball yeah. seven times. So. That's an outlier game. It, well, it's it's going to be tough, man. Let's go ahead and bring up the opposing team because they didn't do what I thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to dump it off a bunch of their running backs. And yeah, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt, but he still wasn't passing the running backs. All of a sudden, the final drive rolls around, or the final two drives roll around, 
and they're targeting the running back like four different times. And it was like, why weren't you doing this the entire game? Like they're getting <laughs> chunk yardage. Sure. You had one bad one. I don't even know if it was a screenplay or not, but there was one where Williams lost three yards. Outside of that, they were gaining five, six, seven yards on some of these outlet passes. Like, why mm-hmm. were you not doing this? Every other team has proven that you can do this up against the Ravens, and they just didn't do it. They weren't using their checkdowns. They were throwing it downfield to an extent, but, I mean, there yeah, were inaccurate had, passes. It was crazy. Yeah, they only had seven targets to the running backs today. Very weird. Yeah, I mean, what was it? Uh, We had Jamal Williams, I think, had eight in the first game of the season up against mm-hmm. them. So. Ten targets for Fant. That definitely had something to do with it. Well, Fant had a hell of a game, too. Yeah. He had, well, what, Fant, nine or five Fant went six, six of ten, 48 six in the score, ten. which is great. Fantastic. If you're looking for a tight end, that's top tier. It really was. I think it was definitely top 12 for sure, but possibly top eight. Either way, like it's just something that's very, very frustrating moving forward. I do want to make a keynote for everybody that, that's listening. Baltimore is going to look really, really bad up against tight ends for probably another 10 weeks. Like when you see this ranking and it's going to have Baltimore ranked, like, you know, it's going to probably be like, you know, 29th or 30th oh, yeah. or whatever. Like it's going to look really, really bad for Baltimore's defense. Well, they're just straight up bad on defense but right now. They face the Ravens. They face the the Chiefs. So they face Waller. They face Kelsey. They face Hawkinson, who they shut down Hawkinson. And then they face Noah Fant. Like those are four of the top, what, eight tight ends, arguably. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. three of the top, probably three right now in the league. Like that, that was a tough-ass schedule. So, of course, the Ravens aren't going to look good. Of course, the Ravens are going to struggle up against the tight ends to an extent. Don't go follow that little ranking number because it's going to end up coming back to bite you in the ass if you're some of the streams tight ends or if you're somebody that's trying to play, you know, in a dynasty league where you have some deep sleepers. Don't focus on what the Ravens were. Focus on what, you know, your player is going to be and don't go chasing those tight end points that they've they've allowed over the, the recent history. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where the numbers are going to show you one thing, but you kind of got to dig a little deeper. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about another team over there in the AFC North. We're going to bring up some of the bad stuff that happened this week. <laughs> I love talking about bad stuff in the AFC North that isn't Ravens related. How many different like gifs or gifs or whatever you want to call them, how many highlight films, the negative ones, are we going to get a Ben Roethlisberger this season before they make some sort of change to this offense, whether it's changing the quarterback or changing the offensive coordinator because Matt Canada is not doing it. Ben Roethlisberger's not doing it. And honestly, I'm not even blaming it all on Matt Canada. I think that he's allowing Ben Roethlisberger to do what Ben Roethlisberger is capable of doing. Yeah, they can keep Big Ben in there so they can keep losing games, in my opinion. I think they're going to – I said at the start of the year that they're going to finish last in the, the division, and I'm sticking to that pretty, pretty savagely. Their defense is doing what they can, but bye, Big Ben. Right off in this to get ready to be replaced by Dwayne Haskins, bro. It's gonna be Dwayne Haskins or is it gonna be Mason Rudolph? Well, they know Rudolph still sucks, so they might as well throw Haskins in if they've if they're you know two yeah. and five, you might as well. Heck, man, they might as well just lose a few more games so they can actually get a quarterback early on in this draft. So if their nah, defense Haskins lets them fine. if their defense actually lets them lose games because their defense is doing everything they can. Well, their sure defense can't happen. score 30 points, so agreed. Agreed, but I mean, we look at what happened with the Bears, right? And the Bears can't seem to lose because their defense is too damn good over the past few years. But yeah, I, it's it was embarrassing for Big Ben. Uh, he had an absolutely atrocious week or an atrocious week, and he's somebody that like it's like, dude, it's about time to to give somebody else an opportunity. He went out there. He was what twenty five for thirty eight for two hundred twenty eight yards and a touchdown, but his stat line is way way better than his actual you know what he looked like during the games up against Green Bay. It was not pretty. Somebody else that disappointed at the quarterback position was Kirk Cousins in this Browns game. I and mean, when we talked about it before the show, the Vikings Browns game was, oh, it was gross. It was absolutely gross. The finish up was at 14 to seven, I believe, was a, the ending score. Kirk Cousins went 20 for 38 for 203 yards and a touchdown. Uh, it just wasn't pretty. And, you know, mm-hmm. before the show, we talked about how the Browns defense is finally starting to put it together. Right, we talked about it this morning on on the start sit show. It's like, hey, this Browns defense is a lot better than what teams are giving credit for. They've had a tough schedule, and it's a brand new defense that they're kind of putting together when it comes to having certain players that are all healthy together and the acquisitions that they've made in the offseason. So, as we see this team continue to develop and start to piece it together, I mean, this is one of those sleeper defenses that you might not want to put your studs up against some some weeks. Now, no, Jeff- you- Jefferson still had a great week. 
Now you play your studs. Dalvin Cook was clearly visibly rough today. Like he looked rough. He even left the game for a time. Like most weeks you're not going to get 10 Madison carries and Cook won't not be in in the two-minute drill. And that changes the entire offense. I don't think the Browns worried about the run at all this week. I have to go back and watch and then go look at numbers afterwards. But I I think they I think they kind of got bailed out a little bit by Cook being hurt. Because Cook well, is even, that whole team. Even on Madison's 10 carries, he did really well last week up against the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, but the they, Seahawks are dog water. They limited him to 20 yards. 20 yards. Like, that's it. So yeah. two yards per carry, man. Like, that's something where it's like, okay. No, that's fine. But Madison this, has proved Madison has proved that he can only play against Seattle. Yep, like so, we, we've seen it now. So Cook yep, being hurt changed that whole team. Last year, of course. So, yeah. I mean, it's something as to where if we break it up, I, I really want to keep a very close eye on the Browns defenses. Well, you want to, you want to play the Browns defense in your fantasy lineup, but I'm not benching my studs, right? Like I'm not, I'm not benching my studs against Cleveland. I'm still going to play them. They almost got waxed by Houston until Tyrod Taylor went out. <laughs> so I'm, I'm keeping them in. <laughs> All right. Well, let's check out some of these other guys who struggled this week. Uh, one of them was Deandre Swift and Deandre Swift. I mean, yeah. didn't have anything until the very tail end of the game, eight carries 16 yards, uh, four receptions on six targets for 33 yards. I mean, that was a huge, huge letdown for a team that, I mean, they were losing the whole game. Like, they needed to get him in. And sure, Jamal Williams might have looked better, right? He might have looked improved to an extent. But come on now. Come on. This is not something as to where, like, DeAndre <sighs> Swift, like, should have been replaced by Jamal Williams at any point in the game. Much less in a game that they're losing. DeAndre Swift should have had more opportunities. Uh, you know, I can't wait to go back and watch film on that. What's your take? Well, he had six targets. I mean, last week in the big blow-up game against Baltimore, he only had seven, right? And then five the week before, his targets were right on pace. But the carries, you know, it's kind of going every other week where he has 10. So 11, 8, 14, 8. Like, everything was right on his average except for his efficiency, right? So uh, two yards per carry on the ground, right? His yards per catch was still fine, 8.25. Just didn't connect on six for six. Right, so seven for seven, five for four. The last couple of weeks, Swift is gonna heavily rely on the the big big game, and this was just his casual. I think you're gonna see this a lot more than people want to admit. No, but um, yeah, you gotta be ready for it because I think it's gonna happen. Right, that's like you said, they were behind. They're gonna be behind like every week, and I think you're gonna see this more than people want to say. It's like when you when you watch a movie and you you expect it to be good right because you've seen the other ones and then well the bigger one the biggest disappointment the biggest disappointment for me the entire weekend was the usage by chuba hubbard uh you know he ended up having 13 carries for 57 yards that's great uh but he was not involved in the passing game barely at all like he only had two targets uh two receptions 14 yards we know that he can catch we know that he can run we know that he has breakaway playability uh, you know, he's somebody in college that if he would have came out prior to 2021, if he would have came out in 2020, he probably would have been a first, second round pick. He could have been the first running back off the board. It's very possible that he beat CEH off the board, but that's not what happened. You know, Chuba Hubbard came out and he didn't lay a goose egg. He still looked good. And his stat line was actually pretty impressive overall, a little bit below five yards per carry and then seven yards per reception. But, oh man, like that's disappointing because they still passed to the running back. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it was Rod Smith for Carolina who ended up getting five targets, five receptions, 48 yards. Mm -hmm. I mean, like that should have been the stat line for Chuba Hubbard on top of what he already had. He should have had seven receptions on seven targets for what is that? 62 yards. So, yeah, I don't know. They even put DJ Moore in, 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 in McCaffrey's role for a lot of those. I think that could just be a classic. We don't trust the rookie. Don't want to give him everything type type jargon, but clearly just Chuba was not the guy. And you can't, this wasn't just like an auto, like for me, I know you loved him this week, uh, but this wasn't like an automatic. He'll be Mike Davis, right? Where he still gets 90% of the workload. Uh, I don't think that was going to be the case. So temper your expectations for Chuba moving forward. No, I, I, I straight understand. facts, homie. It, well, he was the, the primary piece of this offense, right? And if they didn't go down so early, 
then he probably would have actually had a better week rushing overall because guess what? I mean, he still had the yards per carry, of course, and he was still creating yards after well, contact. Yeah, 4.3 was fine, but even when they were ahead, right, last week against Houston, he had 11 carries for 52. That's when you were ahead? Like, yeah, but he didn't come into, that was, in a competitive that's, that's game. three quarters worth. Okay. Sweet. Not even three quarters. That was like a half time. Yeah. So he, he would have had 120. So take so take away all of Rod Smith's plays, and we'll call that three quarters for today. Right? Yeah, like that's it, it, right. It's this story. is what you're getting. You need the touchdowns from them. And they put more in when they wanted to run those uh plays out of the backfield. More could have had three today, but he was out at the one on another play from the backfield. That wasn't Chuba in on, on those carries. So or in the well, two-minute drill, because that was where Smith made his money. You brought up so. the fact of like the wide receiver position, right? And how like it was so random at the top half of it. Yeah. And it was like to an extent. But what was even crazier was the bottom half. And Cooper Cup will start with him because that was one of the guys that I was very low on this week. I, I did not think he was going to perform at a very high-end level. He gave you 11 fantasy points. Um, he still gave you 13 targets, but yeah, he was insane. very well guarded. Matt Stafford had a very inaccurate game. Uh, Cooper Cup only gave you five receptions on that. Somebody else or another player that disappointed this week was DeAndre Hopkins. We have yeah. Devontae Adams. Oof. We have Brandon Cooks, who was on the Thursday game. Allen Robinson. I mean, it was a rough, rough week for some of these top-end receivers. So is there anybody here? Oh, Tyler Lockett's another one. Is there anybody here that disappointed you more than anyone else uh, for this, this slate in the wide receiver position? I'm actually getting worried about DeAndre Hopkins. Like I'm actually like I have concern now because last week you remember we were saying like he's he's a little banged up or the the last time like he was a little banged up. Uh, We didn't really know. Well, now we have kind of see it a couple weeks in a row. The targets aren't going funneling his way, right? He was always you always knew you knew DeAndre Hopkins was just going to eat up targets and now he's not so this is a problem and the big play isn't there for him either james connor is scoring on the one yard line they're not throwing those little fade routes the small digs to deandre hopkins it's i'm a little worried about him moving forward i'm not saying the wheels fell off i'm just saying out of all those receivers deandre hopkins in two matchups where i think he should have crushed he hasn't I'm actually I'm okay with DeAndre Hopkins. He was shadowed by um, by uh, Jalen Ramsey almost the entire game, and Jalen Ramsey loves 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 to shadow Hopkins. Like they have a very competitive uh, nature between the two of them, and I think they're actually like really respectful of each other. Literally, I think it was it was Ramsey gave Hopkins a ton of props, talking about how he's probably the best receiver you know he's ever had to play against. Uh, they love 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 facing each other. Sure, but, but I just want I just want to point out though to to that point. If you take out the three touchdowns on his season, uh, he's had absolutely abysmal games. Abysmal. Eight targets, six receptions, 83 yards. Four targets, four receptions, 54. Six targets, three receptions for 21. And today, seven for four and 67. Take out the three touchdowns. Everyone is in full-fledged peak tilt. Uh, mode for DeAndre Hopkins. So it's something to keep an eye on because he was healthy today. Yeah, he was healthy. Uh, it's just up against Patrick or Jalen Ramsey. I'm fine. I'm fine with Hopkins moving forward. Uh, yeah, he's somebody that you need to keep an eye on, but you're still starting him. But Minnesota, Jacksonville, and Tennessee the three weeks before that? Yeah, it's rough. It, it, but he, like we said, he was dealing with injuries for those weeks. Not all three. Uh, he, hasn't they, been hurt. he hasn't been hurt since like week three of the preseason. Yeah, but he's been dealing with lingering in- injuries. But his whole career, <laughs> yes, his whole career as well. Uh, for me, the biggest, uh, you know, like I guess concern or like what's the right way to to put this, uh, a, like alarm that's going off my head was Jalen Waddle, who had a crazy awesome matchup. He was wide open from the entire game, uh, and he just wasn't getting the targets. Uh, he saw three target or four targets, three receptions, 33 yards, but he saw all those in the beginning of the game, like in the first two or three drives. And it was extremely frustrating because you're like, okay, dude, he's about to crush it because he has such an advantageous matchup. And then you're watching the game and you're like, he's wide open, throwing the ball. And he never got the targets, even on the touchdown pass to Gusecki. 
I'm not saying that Gusecki shouldn't have gotten that pass because Gusecki was closer. It was an e by far an easier pass to make. Gusecki should have gotten it. But if you just go back and you watch the highlights, you're just going to see Waddle in the background running completely free. And it, he's like got a whole yard between him and the defender. And so it's like, it's something that's where you see the the ton of targets that he got last week and you wonder why didn't why did they take him out of the game script for this week after he puts up 33 yards on three receptions to start the game out uh, you know this this play calling is a little bit bizarre for me Jacob Brissett is not the answer over there at quarterback uh, you know I'm excited for when Tua comes back because maybe Tua will end up lighting him up be able to to open it up a little bit uh, you know, it, it is concerning though, moving forward. And a lot of people are holding on to Waddle like he's, you know, a, a like a treasure right now. But I don't know if that's going to be the case moving forward as long as he's part of this coaching staff. I mean, as long I'm, as he's part of this team with this coaching staff, excuse me. I mean, you have Jacoby Brissett in the game. Like I hammered this last weekend on the start and sit show. I handled it again this morning. If Brissett is in the game, bench your Miami Dolphins. Doesn't matter if Waddle's wide open. It does not matter. Brissett will find a way to blow it. It's disappointing because you're right. Like his his big game the week before, right? The targets or the two weeks before, whenever Tua was in. Great, fantastic. But no, I, I want I, that might be the best game of his year. Uh, that one a couple weeks ago. Well, Mike Isecki, you shouldn't bench him. He went off five receptions on six targets, uh, 57 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he was he looked good and he looked good the week before that too uh with with uh Brissetta quarterback and mm -hmm. it's kind of bizarre like how this is all kind of turning around for us because you wanted Gasecki to be good with Tua and Gasecki's terrible with Tua he doesn't even see the opportunities and then Will Fuller comes back and everybody's like oh he won't see the opportunities in the slot because Will Fuller's gonna take him that wasn't the case now Will Fuller did get hurt he hurt his hand he had to come out of the game but still I mean Shocker. we're seeing 8.6 <laughs> 23.6 uh, 19.2 from Gasecki. I mean, Gasecki might actually be a decent option here if Brissett's a quarterback for as long as we see it. Now, Tua is projected to come back within a few weeks, but I mean, like, is Gasecki something that you can actually start with confidence moving forward with his schedule? I mean, Tampa Bay, sure, it might not be the easiest, but their secondary is not great. We have Jacksonville, we have Atlanta. Uh, Buffalo allows the, the tight end position to actually do decent up against them. Houston. Baltimore, which we just saw with Noah Fant did the Baltimore. I mean, that's God, we're talking all the way week 10 at this point. Then they have the Jets again. I mean, Giants are on this slate. Like, this is a sexy, 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 uh, like schedule moving forward for the tight end position. Is it something that you might want to attack? Nope. I want away from Mike Kaseki. I want away from him. Trade him. Trade him if you got him. Get rid of him. Ship him out. <laughs> Pack him up. Bucket of balls. And a few pints. I'm done. I'm done with them. So in Dynasty, right, look what, at would his you, what would you trade him for? Because I actually just traded oh. him for a second round pick with Tyler. Tyler from, from Dynasty Happy Hour. Yeah, I just made a trade with him in the Pigs League. And yeah. I got a second round pick for him. Easy money. Picks. Easy money. You can you can get uh, replicated tight end production from a guy like Mike Kosicki, right? Gerald Everett, when he comes back, sure, put him in. There's yeah, a good chance. I'm nervous he, that I he, made a bad pick or a get, bad play on this. He he can get four receptions and a touchdown for you, like Mike G will. Sorry, I'm that ten reception, twelve target game is an anomaly. One hundred percent. What about the nineteen points he just put up this week? Okay, great. He, he scored five receptions for fifty-seven yards. Is not like. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. All right, all right, I'll take it. I like if you're if you if you just want him for like that that touchdown, but I'll take yeah, I'll take a second round pick for sure. Take a th I'll take a third round pick and a player one like easy, no all problem. Right, so package over someone and get him out of here. Yeah, we actually had another tight end have a, a great performance who had one as well in week two. So would you take him over Max Williams? Um, no, I think I'd actually keep Williams at this point. Uh, former Baltimore Ravens selection, Max Williams, finally healthy. Uh, look, he's a big boy, but uh, I mean, uh, Kyler Murray likes him, obviously. So I, I think I'd just rather the better offense. So give me that tight end and the better offense. I'll take that. He ended up going out today, five, five, six, six yards and a touchdown. Yeah, just take that. Go on your waiver wire and go pick him up. Yeah, easy money. Well, let's bring up a couple players that definitely uh, underwhelmed at the tight end position. We have, of course, 
George Kittle, who just looked on like he didn't look healthy in this. Yeah, 11, 12 targets. That's fine. And then we had what was the other one I was looking at? Um, Hawkinson underwhelmed and Kyle Pitts underwhelmed. Which I think Hawkinson you- got blown up too in that game. Like I'm pretty sure he got laid out, if I'm not mistaken. There so was I don't one know play. if that affected yeah. his uh, the rest Psyche. of his day. And and Goff went out for a while too. So I'll 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 leave Hawkinson alone for sure. Well, that, that's what I was going to ask you. Which one are you more nervous about? Because we have Gasecki over. I mean, we have Hawkinson over there, four for eight, 42 yards. Very similar stat line, four for nine for 50 yards for Kyle Pitts. Uh, Washington football team is actually really bad up against the tight end in most cases because they don't have a true free safety. And Landon Collins struggles in coverage. So it, <sighs> Kyle Pitts' performance a little bit more worrisome than Hawkinson's. I don't think so. Kyle Pitts had nine targets for 50 yards. Like if you, at least if you're going to have a tight end play, because tight end is like the joke of fantasy football, right? Anyone that catches a touchdown pass can be a tight end one. Like remember Dwelly season, right? Oh yeah. So I I want the tight ends who are the focal point of their offense, whether or not they're connecting. So Pitts, nine targets. He's been a target machine so far this year. Hawkinson had another eight targets. I saw a couple overthrows for him. You just got to throw those out. Like Schultz right now is a player I want to go and grab. 100% I want to go and get Schultz because he's showing out now. Eight targets, seven targets. He had six targets in week one. The touchdowns are coming his way, right? You want the guys that are a part of good offenses that are not a fourth option. And there's only a few of them. No, you're 100% right on that. Like I don't want Dawson Knox. Right, I know Dawson Knox scored the two. You touchdowns. don't want Dawson no. Knox? Five tar, uh, eight targets, five receptions, thirty-seven yards, and two scores. No thanks. But he's part of a high-powered offense that scores a ton of touchdowns. That is the fourth option for on this team. No thanks. What? Who's wait? Who's the first? Who's the first two for you? Sanders Beasley had a um, an anomaly type game, and you have Diggs, and then they're running the ball. No, no. <sighs> I, I can't. I can't. He's also he's also like not someone who. Yeah, I, I've never been in on Knox. I don't get it. These uh, are outlier games to me. Four touchdowns in three games. Nah, it's an outlier. Sorry, don't want him. Nope. I love Dawson Knox. Give me all the Dawson Knox. You can. Uh, have he's him. a stud. He performed last year when he was given the opportunity. However, he had to share the field with. Uh, oh, who was it? Was Tyler Croft, I believe. And, you know, they were splitting snaps. Plus, he was hurt for half the season. So, he still performed. He played he 12 games. He was tight end 38. Yeah, but he season. just didn't see the opportunity. Plus, in the red zone, he they're couldn't starting get to protect Josh Tyler Allen. Tyler Croft. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It was I'm part no. of it, man. He's no, a developing tight end. He's 24 Ugh. years old. He's 20. Don't forget, this is a dynasty show. He's 24 years old. And he's sitting there as a developing prospect. And now one of the most high-powered offenses in the NFL. I mean, 6'4", 254, and can still move like a champ. Touchdowns aren't sticky, though. Like, I'm not counting on him scoring that many. Like, eventually Diggs will get his. Beasley will go in. Moss will score on those plays he was close with today more times than not. Josh Allen will run a few in. When he's close, no, nah, I'm not well, counting on a, that. You're talking about a back-end tight end, though. Like, this is something where, hey, okay, if he didn't have the touchdowns, right, he didn't lose you a week in week one. He still gave you 10.1. Uh, without the touchdown in week two, sure, that one was a rough one. But week three up against Washington, he still finishes as, like, well, a top saying, 15 tight end. I'm not saying he should be on your waiver wire. I'm just saying I'm not excited about having him if I do. He's a player, again, I'm trying to trade away because there's somebody out there like you that will believe in him and I don't. I don't want that again, that touchdown dependent guy. No. But that's what you want with tight ends. You No, want I want and it's not, you he's not, not hear what I dependent. just said. He's not I touchdown want dependent. The athlete who is a focal point in their offense. He's not touchdown dependent though because he still had what eight yeah, eight points without the two touchdowns, 8.7 points without the two Sweet. touchdowns this past week. Tight end 15. Not, Good for him. Yes, tight end 15. That's not going to lose you a week. It's not going to win you one either, so I don't care. No, but you don't need your tight ends to always win you one if you have I a don't play great safe, run in your roster. Nah. That's All right. safe. That's not for me. Let's go ahead and get us out of here so we can go watch this night game. Starts here in a few minutes. Thomas, where do can you, we find you, man? Hold on. What are you excited for? Like, what are you most excited about tonight? Well, actually, I can I'm tell excited. you what I'm most excited about. I'm excited to actually break down like all the stats and everything from fantasy points because I'm going to be using promo code 
21 there you dhh10 21 dhh10 <laughs> uh you know if you guys actually go and use that promo code you guys will get a discount of course over there at fantasy points it's one of the best sites to actually do your research and get it done quickly like they actually have everything prepped up ready to rock and roll relatively soon after the week ends go check out fantasypoints.com use code 21 dhh10 and guess what yep 100 percent I, I'm I also st- excited for Chris Godwin. It's Chris Godwin's season. Chris Godwin's going to hammer yeah. that slot. Uh, and I, we talked about it before the show started. I mean, I'm sorry. We talked about it this morning during the show. Dude, uh, like the the Patriots saying that they're not going to pause the game. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's It's such a boss move. <laughs> you know Tom Brady's going to get a touchdown when this he hits 69 be- yards. He's going to throw a 69-yard pass just to rub 69 in the face of the Patriots, and he's going to throw it so that that way the game pauses. Yeah, and we talked about two Antonio Brown. That way the game has to stop so that he can celebrate with his teammates, celebrate with his family, go give Giselle a kiss, you know, cherish the moment because the fact that the Patriots said they would not pause the game for him breaking the record is absolutely mind-blowing. It's hilarious. And I just – for what I'm most excited about – is to close out a fantastic week of fantasy football. But I just want to see Brady be the most enraged, like angsty teenager that you could possibly be. And I want to see Bill Belichick uh, see ghosts himself, like 100%. It's going to be hilarious. Whatever the money line is on the Patriots, take that. Whatever the over-under is, take the over. Uh, we could see a 60-point game from Tom Brady this week. Yeah, Brady, Brady is about to uh, torch lives and then probably mock Mac Jones in the locker room afterwards. It's going to be fantastic. No, I love it, man. absolutely love it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thomas, where can we find you? I mean, hey, you can find me right here every every other uh, Sunday with you here on Chasing Points. You can catch me on the Start and Sit show more weeks than not. Then you can catch me Tuesday, the Fantasy Walkabout, Friday at the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. You can find my content with uh, Fantasy Intervention, Dynasty Vipers, Trophies, Matt, coming up. Wherever you can find me there at the old uh, Bird App and Beyond. Very excited for that, man. We got some big things working with Trophy Smack. Of course, go check out Trophy Smack and go get your trophies. If you guys want to go find me, of course, uh, we have some stuff working out with Trophy Smack I'm very, very excited for. Uh, We have got everything going on with Fantasy Intervention. We have the dose score, the dump-off containment efficiency score going on over there. Can't wait to update that. This should be the first week where it starts to kind of normalize itself, and I'm excited to get that uh, in the works. But, uh, yeah, go check us out over there on Twitter at join our circle underscore and go follow me over there at FF underscore intervention. Of course, thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for chasing those points with us.